0: Well, good morning, everybody. Again, my name is Nathan Harris, like Pastor Matt said, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at East Point, and I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. We are in a series called "Epic Grace," which is all about how God takes us, broken, flawed, damaged, sometimes participating in damage, OK? And he, he breathes new life into us, and he makes us new. Uh, not new. Like I don't know if any of you have ever busted a vase, and you know you kind of try to glue it back together, and it just never quite fits, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. God doesn't do that. God makes us whole. We may still have scars. We may still have remembrance of of things that have gone on, but He uses those very things in our lives to energize us, and then to turn us around and set us loose into the world. And that's what we're talking about. And I've got a story of that epic grace. You can actually read about this in Pastor Kurt's book in chapter 16. But my wife and I had been trying to have a baby for about a year. Um, You know, many of you have been in that that situation, trying to have a baby. Now, for us, this is a dream. And we didn't just see somebody walking down the road one day with a stroller and think, huh, that looks like a good idea. I think we can do that. You know, no, for us, this was part of who we were. This was a dream that we had. We, even while we were engaged, we picked out names for all of the kids we were gonna have, all right? That's how serious we were in this. So when we finally got pregnant, I'll never forget the day, I was out mowing our backyard, my wife comes out on the back porch and she's got this great big grin on her face and I know something's up and she holds up this pen. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this, at least some of you do. And she waves me over and I come over and I'm thinking, why is she so thrilled about this pen? What's so... And I get up there and I realize it's a pregnancy test. And I'm like, for real? And she goes, I took two of these. And they both said the same thing. And we were excited. We rejoiced. We were high and We were hugging. We, we had to drive straight over to her parents' place and tell them the wonderful news. We're pregnant. You're going to be grandparents again. And they rejoiced with us. We were so excited. And then a few days later, she had a miscarriage. And our excitement became Devastation. Our elation became fear, frustration. And for two more years, we would try to have a biological child. We didn't have any more miscarriages because we just couldn't get pregnant. And I was asking God questions. I didn't turn my back on Him, but I asked Him, Why? Why God? Why us? In the meantime, Uh, Through a connection with, actually, Pastor Matt and Nona King, um, we got connected with an adoption agency on the west side of the state. And so while we're trying to have our own child, we're also proceeding with adoption, which was something that we had thought would be a good idea. We just never thought it would be the first plan for us until everything changed. I think it was about June 15th, 2010, one lazy summer evening I got a phone call. And after the lady on the other end of the line said, A birth mom has picked you to be the parents of her baby boy, it was like all of the frustration, all of the hope, the anguish, the fear, the tears, the prayers, it all came to a head and it gushed like a, like a broken dam. And we laughed. And we hugged and we cried. And then we called everybody we knew to tell them the wonderful news. We get to be parents. We were rejoicing. We were excited. And I will never ever forget as long as I live the time when I walked down the hall in Tacoma in the hospital and I got to hold my son for the first time. When I held him, his, his, his little head would sit right about here and his butt reached right about there. And I held him and I just, I stared at him. And he took my breath away. This was God's epic grace in my life and, and my wife and I. Last week, Pastor Matt talked about how when God pours his grace into us, He's designed it so then we turn around and we give it out through relational love, um, functional love, and financial love. This morning, we're going to talk about the functional aspect. We're going to talk about how we function in love, in service. But all three of those levels came into play for my wife and I when we got our son. He was born with some challenges. He, He had a cleft lip. Not a big deal, but he had a cleft lip. So I had to learn how to feed him. I got to learn how to feed him with a special bottle. After his cleft lip surgery and the stitches were all in, we had to learn how to feed him again off of a syringe. And because if he sucked on stuff, then it was, gonna pull the, it was gonna pull the stitches out and it would undo what was done. So we had to not only learn how to feed him, but we had to teach him how to eat yet again. And so God taught us how to love him functionally. Now there's a passage in the New Testament that talks all about this. It goes straight to the point of of what we're talking about this morning. It's found in Ephesians 2.10. And it's by this guy named the Apostle Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament. And here's what it says. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You guys, this is awesome news. This is great stuff. And here's why because it tells us that we get to participate with God in what God is doing. We get to receive love and then we get to turn around and give it out. It also tells us that what God is doing is on purpose, it's not random. Have you guys ever seen the bumper sticker, commit random acts of kindness? Have you ever received random kindness? What is that? I mean, it's more like an accident. The closest thing I can think of is in my life when somebody has done something and I've thanked them for that, and and I've said, thank you, thank you, what you've done has impacted me, and then they, they look at me like, what are you talking about? I was trying to do this thing over here. Oh, gee, thanks. So you weren't thinking about me. This was all just an accident. God doesn't do things on accident. He thinks about it. He plans it. And he does it. And guess what? We get to be on in on what he's planned. And Ephesians 1, 9, and 10 tell us exactly what it is he's planned to do. What he's carrying out. And it's this. God is bringing heaven and earth Together so that there is no separation and they in fact overlap. Here's what those, that passage says He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ to put, be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. Hear all of the on purpose language in there. But what was it that He's purposing to do? It's this to bring unity to all things in heaven. And on earth under Christ. You guys, God's plan is that there be no separation between heaven and His creation. God's plan is that there be no separation between God and us because guess what? We are His creation. It's you and me. And that's the first thing we need to understand this morning. God's plan is for no separation between us and God because we are His creation. The Bible says that when God originally created us, he created us to be in relationship with him, to relate to other people, and then to have a job on the earth to to relate God to the earth. That is to carry out God's plans in the earth. And for a time, that's exactly what happened. But then humans got greedy and thought that God was holding out on them. And so like you and I do, the first humans grabbed for power. And they said, God, you're holding out. I want more. And as soon as that happened, sin entered the world. And, and what was overlapping, what was joined together was separated. It was separated. Now, if the story ended there, that would be tragic But it doesn't. You see, the whole rest of the Bible is all about how God has initiated this rescue plan and mission to bring heaven and earth back together, to bring us and him back together. And the place where God begins to bring heaven and earth back together is us. God begins to to bring creation back to himself by rescuing us, bringing us back to him so that we can go out and we can do what God has called us to do. We're talking about Ephesians 2.10 this morning, but the nine verses prior to that talk all about how God sets people right. God saw that we were dead in our sins. And listen, sin isn't just really horrible things like murder and rape. Okay, sin is anything that is out of joint with the way God has created us to be, to love, to act. So yes, sin is murder, but it's also hatred. Not just the overt stuff, but the stuff where we internalize a hatred towards somebody and we say, I don't like you and I wish harm on you whether we tell them that or not. Sin is gossiping about other people. It's tearing them down instead of building them up because God designed us to relate and to love with one another. Sin is when we disrespect and disregard our authorities, the the authorities in our lives, whether that's at a job or our parents or whatever, because they are the people that God has put in our life to shape us, to mold us, to help us along. And so God saw all of this and he rescued us through Jesus. He sent Jesus to die for us. And the other thing that that these nine verses tell us is that this is all God's gift. (laughs) This isn't anything that we earn. We don't have to be good enough to get it. He just gives it to us. There was a time I was in the Boy Scouts and my dad was a leader with my troop. Uh, We went to a, a scouting event one very cold and, and rainy Western Oregon weekend. And I was one of the younger scouts. And some Einstein decided that the tent that we would all sleep in would just be a, a tarp hung on a rope. And uh, being one of the younger guys, I was relegated to, you know, closest to the outside. That was, that was really awesome. And, and so in my sleep, I actually rolled partway out of the tent. And my sleeping bag just got soaked and I was cold, and I was wet, and I was miserable. I wanted to go home. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I was about to cry. I think I did cry. But all of our leaders were told, don't mess with the boys, okay? Let them figure stuff out. Don't intervene in, in what happens. I mean, obviously, if an emergency was, was there, that they were going to help us out. But in something like this, they weren't supposed to help us out. But you know what my dad did? He broke the rules. He came to me. He took me. He he wrapped a blanket around me, set me in our van, put my stuff up on the dashboard and and turned the defrost on full blast. And he warmed up my wet, cold stuff. And then he turned me loose (laughs) back out in the camp. You guys, that's what God does. He breathes life into our brokenness, and then he turns us loose into into the world to be and do what he has created us to do. God's plan is that there would be no separation between us and him because we are his creation. You are his creation. Now, if that was all there was to this, that that would be great news, right? Right? I mean, that's exciting. We're his creation. He loves us. But guess what? That's not all. God doesn't just save us so that he can set us up on a mantelpiece and look at us and and show us off to his buddies and say, hey, look what I did. Isn't this cool? I mean, he does do that, but that's not all that he does with us. I had a friend who, uh, when I was living in Salt Lake City, he collected Star Wars action figures and I have no idea why his wife agreed to this. But he had all of these Star Wars action figures hung on their bedroom walls. And everywhere you looked there was Han Solo and Bubba Fett staring at you. And it was weird. It was a little bizarre, let me tell you. But it was it was made clear to me, don't touch them. Don't tear the packaging because guess what? They're not going to be worth as much if the packaging is damaged. You guys, God does not put us back together so that he can hang us on a wall so that we don't diminish in value. No, the opposite is actually true. God rescues us. He infuses us with his life and he invites us to join him in making the world new. He tells us, come on with me. Come with me. Come get dirty with me in this world. And so he calls us to be dirty with him like a gardener gets dirty. Gets down on their hands and knees in the dirt and, and they're pulling weeds and sometimes they're getting cut in the hands with, with different things and, but, but it's all to, to take care of this garden and so by the time they're done their hands are bloodied and, and you know, dirt all under the fingernails. Dirty like a painter painting a masterpiece. Doesn't care what kind of paint and garbage they get all over themselves because they're painting a masterpiece. Dirty like Jesus got dirty when he he entered into the stuff of our lives and then went to the cross and died. God calls us to get dirty with him. And that's the second thing we need to understand this morning. God's plan is that we join him in what he is doing. This isn't about what I get to do. This isn't about my agenda. This is about God's agenda. Hey, just like everybody else in this room, I love to relax. I love to have somebody bring me a nice cold glass of milk. Oh, I am what is often referred to as a bucket calf. (laughs) Give me a nice cold cup of milk. I love that. But God didn't rescue us so that we could sit back. He rescued us to participate with him. And we do that by functionally loving other people. We do that by getting messy with other people in their lives. When God gave me my son... He did so expecting that I would love him relationally, functionally, and financially, but he did it in a way that he knew that I was gonna have to serve my son. And it was good because it teaches me about who God is. This is what our God does. When God sets us right, he does so with the purpose of us joining him in setting the rest of the world right a little bit at a time a little job at a time this is god's agenda it's always been god's plan it's always been what he has wanted for us let's look at the verse again ephesians 2:10 for we are god's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which god prepared in advance for us to do when it says that we are god's handiwork it means that This is all God's doing. Every last bit of it. Let me tell you something. I did not get a signing bonus from God by joining his team. I didn't have anything to bring to it, quite frankly. I didn't. It's all on him, it's all what he does in me. This is an act of his epic grace. He does it simply because he loves us. When it says that we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, it's talking about our job, our function in the world. This is how we proclaim to the world, God is king. God has come and he is setting the world right. He does it through us. He announces that through us. When it says that, this is, that these good works are things that God prepared in advance for us to do, it tells us that this has been the plan all along. All along. There is no plan B, you guys. It's us. And God is going to accomplish it through us. And we do it not because we're trying to earn grace, but because this is what God looks like. And what God looks like is is going to the cross. That's that's what Jesus did. So we sacrifice. I sacrifice for my son when I stay up with him at night. And and I've still got to be up at five or six in the morning, but I stay up with him when he's sick. My wife and I had sacrificed for our son when, when we had to teach him how to eat a different way, after his cleft lip surgery. You and I are called to sacrifice the way Jesus has sacrificed by humbling himself, serving others, and dying on the cross. That's what we're called to. That's the life we're called to. How do we do this? How do we look like God? Well, simply, we start to serve. We just get plugged in. We just do something. Now listen, I get it. We all have our likes. We all have our dislikes. We've got our talents. We've got the things we're good at. We've got the things we're not good at. And we even want to please God in what we do. And so we're asking him, and we should ask him, what is it you want me to do? But listen, don't use that as as an excuse to not get plugged in. I've had many conversations with people who have been hesitant to get plugged in because, well, they're not sure that's what God wants them to do. Let me, let me pop that bubble for you. Let me be the voice of God here for you, okay? God wants you to serve. He does. He doesn't look at you as a commodity. He's not looking at just to exploit you. But listen, he wants you to serve because you're part of his family. And this is what God does. And so we functionally love the people around us. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What do you think would happen if everyone here in this room began to love their family, their neighbors, their church community relationally, functionally and financially. What would happen? Now I'm not saying that that none of us do that. I'm not saying I'm not saying that you're not you're not doing that in some way shape or form, but what if that became the marker of our lives giving God's epic grace away? What would happen? How would your family be impacted? How would our community be impacted? How would East Point be impacted? Think about that. Simply by by aligning our lives with, with what God has called us to be, what God has called us to do, to love in this functional way. Last week, pastor matt talked about the gift and he challenged us this holiday season to love relationally functionally and financially and our families to serve them but to do it here at east point as well and one way to do this here at east point is that uh upcoming on on uh monday december 23rd and tuesday december 24th we have three christmas eve services Adventureland is going to be open for ages uh, birth through five on all three of those services. If you want a practical way of, of getting plugged into this, sign up to serve with Adventureland. When you do, yes, you will be serving those children and you will be blessing them, absolutely. When you do, you will be serving the staff even, us who are on staff and and helping us and we will be very appreciative and we will be blessed by that. But more than that, you will be serving the people who are sitting next to you right now. You will be serving people who maybe don't come to church except for at Christmas and Easter and you're gonna be giving them the gift of hearing the gospel. Of having an opportunity to be connected, reunited with God. And that's an amazing impact to have on somebody's life. It's exciting. We've got another opportunity. You could uh, help out with the ushers and the greeters. Did you know that just by smiling... And welcoming people. I mean, actually genuinely having joy and say, so glad to see you. I'm glad you're here. Let me help you find a seat. When somebody feels welcomed here, they feel loved and they feel served. And when they feel that, they're gonna be more open to hearing the gospel. These are some very practical ways of being able to get plugged in. Get plugged in. Beyond that, we're also asking in uh, the month of December, we're gonna have little tags, I think, next week that you'll be able to sign, some, sign up or make some commitments for um, uh, relationally, functionally, and, and financially. Uh, but we're, we are participating in what we are calling the gift, where we're partnering with life services. And 50% of what we take in and we're asking everybody to give a gift above and beyond, one time above and beyond um, what you normally give in your tithe and offerings to this. And we'll give 50% of it to life services who counsel young women in crisis, who help uh, crisis pregnancies, and, and, and they counsel ladies and, and whatnot. And then the other 50% of it is going to stay in-house, and we're going to do some things to improve our living room, our auditorium here. We've got some some stuff that we need to fix with the sound. And by doing that, we're actually serving people. We've got doors in the lobby that need to be put up because it gets cold out there in the winter. And we'll be able to do that, some of that with, with, with this. So I want to encourage you to do that. Why do that though? Why? Because God has given us his epic grace. God has taken the brokenness of our lives and he's breathed into them and now he's asking us to go out into the world and to to give it away. Amen? All right. The reality for me and my wife is that as much as Caleb is a gift, my son, and he is, he is a joy, but as much as he's a gift, in my life, he wasn't given to me just so that I could hang some really cool pictures up on the wall. And and I've got some cool pictures at home. He wasn't given to me just so that I could put a, uh, a life event on my Facebook account. Status updates, which he does in fact provide lots of those. But he was given to me So that I could give God's love to him and train him to be part of God's family, so that then he could turn around and he could go and give it to somebody else. That's the pattern. That's how we operate. We are not called to be fine art on the wall, we're called to get dirty with God. God doesn't rescue us and breathe life into us so that we can look good. He does it so that we can be good, so that we can do good. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the epic grace that you pour into our lives and that you do so freely, simply because you want to, simply because you love us. And it brings you joy to to give your kids good stuff. Help us to take the step to love relationally, functionally, financially. Help us to serve this season. Our families and and our friends, our loved ones, our neighbors, the people in our church. Help us to be your handiwork this season, I pray. Now, if you're here and you have not yet begun your life as a Christ follower, I'm gonna say a prayer. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to come forward. You can just sit right where you're at and you can make this yours. Just make this your prayer. God, I'm tired of the separation between me and you. I'm tired of the death in my life and the, and the pieces that whether they're of my doing or other people's doing in my, in my life, I'm, I'm tired of it. And I want to live whole. I want to live the way you've created me to live. And so I give you my life right now. I exchange my brokenness for your wholeness, for your grace. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your goodness and that you are for me. Help me now to live for you and for others. Father, for anyone who has prayed that prayer for the first time today or they're recommitting their life to you right now, I pray that you would fill them with your spirit that you would give them your presence, that you would give them your love, that you would help them to know how secure they are in you because of your love, because of what you have done. Because God, your love has conquered everything. Let them bask in that and to live their lives in light of that from this day forward. Thank you so much for loving us. Jesus' name. Amen. But would you stand with me? We're going to celebrate. We're going to sing this last song and celebrate, and then I'll be up. All right. Love has indeed won. Hey, you know, when my wife and I went to finalize our son's adoption, there was a question asked of us in open court that really solidified some stuff in me, and it was this. Do you understand that from this day forward, it is as though your son, or it is as though, as though Caleb has been born to you. And you know what? That really taught me about the heart of God. Because you guys, when we commit to him, it is as though we have been born to him. Let's join him in the family business. If you accepted Christ for the first time or are recommitting your life to Christ, we have new believer packets available at all of the exits. You can pick one of these up. It has a Bible in there and some other information uh, if you want to take communion, we've got communion on both sides of the room. If you need prayer, come this way. Don't go that way. We'll have a prayer team up front. And because Pastor Kurt could not be here to uh, to dismiss us today, we've got a video of my son doing it. Let's watch this. As yes, you guys take the coming to this. Yes, All right, you guys, have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week.